Hello guys and welcome back to La Cancha and on the agenda today we're going to talk about first wins, we're going to talk about crazy games, big shocks, a couple of hat-tricks, we've missing some of them and as well because it's La Liga this season we have a couple of ones here to talk about as well and to start off I'm going to start with the big big news of this weekend and that's Elche finally getting a win, their first win of the season. How did they do that Oscar? Uh, by um capitalizing on the, an extremely poor Villarreal performance defensively. Like if you look at all of the goals Elche scored, Villarreal's fingerprints are all over them. <laughs> and you know, you know, they like giveaway for the first goal, some other giveaways that weren't punished and then two absolutely clumsy penalties given away for Premier to score a hat trick. Yeah, the first goal, especially with Raul Abio, because we look at Raul Abio and we think of him as this super experienced defender, and he just collapses into Cuenca, and that's how Elche gets the first one. And yeah. um, it was just it was just sad from Villarreal because pregame Setien said that he doesn't want Villarreal to be the first team to get beat by Elche, and which is kind of setting them up to be the first team. Uh, yeah. Okay, like never never do that. <laughs> Yeah, I never do that. And, and you know what? Up air, I'll give myself some flowers. I sort of called this one. <laughs> I called this one. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were discussing it. And I was like, I looked at it. And Villarreal, they didn't have that. They didn't have a stellar performance against Rayo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you look at this game, and this game is a derby. And it's like, it's going to be pretty, like, heated up. And yeah. it, it, it all looked like the stars were aligned for Elksha. And I'm very mm-hmm. happy for them because, as you said, Villarreal did give them three of the goals. They scored a pretty impressive goal with themselves, Villarreal. But they defended super well after the game, they, after the, the three goals, and they didn't let Villarreal get a sniff in. Yeah. You know, I was just looking, like, between this game and the Rayo game and then their transfer window, I'm like, Villarreal are weaker than they were a month ago. Because you look at it, really has gone, and Jorgensen didn't cover himself in glory against Rayo. I mean, Peperina is doing all right, but then if you leave the goalkeeping aspect aside, you have up front, um, Morales hasn't been playing too well, so that means the same three fours have to start, and then if you think if any of them get injured, Villarreal might be in a bit of trouble, considering they're still in Europe. Yeah, like, I think Dengjima is the only four that's left. They still have Jackson there. Yeah, he's injured until March. Which is tough, but the good thing... For their for their sake is that they don't have to play European football in February. That's the one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the plus side, you're right. If Gerard gets on the negative side, sorry, if Gerard gets injured, they're in a big hole. Um, yeah. Right now, it doesn't seem like Chukwueze or Jeremy Pino have that competition for some reason. They let Morlanes go, and mm-hmm. Los also still injured. So yeah. yeah, the squad looks a lot lot weaker, especially when you factor in the fact that they did lose their manager. Um, True, that's another one. But, but let's talk about Elche. And I'll give credit to, um, first of all, I know Peremia is on our screen, but first of all, let's give credit to Carlos Clerc, who went on a, yeah. a long run, like 39 games without winning in La Liga or something. Yeah, I totally forgot about that, like, by the <laughs> end of the game, because I was kind of like doing, watching the game and doing something else at the same time. So. It thought came to my head during the game when it was one 0 and then at one one I'm like, okay, Villarreal should take it to, take over from here because they were creating chances for fun. 
but then Elche, you know, withstood the storm and then, I mean, I know we said we'll talk about Elche, but for Villarreal, I don't get why Paul Torres hasn't played the last two games. And... Yeah, apparently he's been out injured, so that's why he's been missing. Yeah. But... but he's been on the bench, at least according to Sofascore. Yeah. No? I, I think maybe they're just trying not to overextend his injury. But let's move on to Elche, and he did something interesting tactically in this game where Lucas Boye was moved to the right wing, and I know you have a pet peeve about strikers being in the right wing, but that sort of works for them. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, is, it depends on the kind of striker. Lucas Boye is a striker that I know some of you might find it hard to believe is a very good dribbler, according to his stats. So... He has, he definitely has that ability to like be a presence on the wing and carry the ball up and down and also combine with his teammates too. So, uh, that was an interesting, um, this thing. That was an interesting change. And I also like that Elche were very attacking because he also had Ponce and yeah. Peremia on the pitch and Peremia, yeah. the hat trick hero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's very good, very good for them. I mean, yeah. it's a good way to start the second half of the campaign. And Pablo Machin was saying before the game that he, that this LJ team is much better than what they've shown, and they need to at least show that in the second half of the season. And this is a good way to go about it. Yeah, I, I think looking for like before looking ahead for LJ, one thing they can do is they can compete the way Levante did. They can go down fights in the way Levante did. Mm-hmm. Levante, I was looking at the stats a couple of days. In the first half, they had eight points. In the second half of the season, they had 27 points, which is European-level like competition points mm-hmm. for a, one round of, of a league season. And yeah. that's what almost led them to safety. So for Elche, yeah. they need to replicate something like what Levante did to have any chance. The thing with that is that it makes the relegation more painful, if, if, if you ask me. Like yeah. if it does happen, because <laughs> it's like you just you just you just feel so much regret and everything. Yeah, but yeah, my part to Elche. I I do agree with Machin that their team, while it's the weakest squad in La Liga, the gap between them and the nineteenth weakest team is not that much at all. So, I believe they do have the tools to make a better fist of it, as long as you know they don't get silly sending offs again and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. And with Peremia, the sad news for him is he got a hat-trick in this game and he's like the soul of the team and he plays so well. But however, he injured his shoulder and he might be out for till March, I, I believe. Damn. Yeah. Shoulder injury is really that bad. I don't know. Like he, I've, never, I've never had one, so... <laughs> yeah, I guess as a professional, it's like really bad. Mm. Like when you, mm. The way you saw him when he went off. And yeah. You could tell. I, at first, I thought it was like maybe trying to con someone, but... <laughs> no, I didn't think so because he actually had a problem with that same shoulder earlier in the game. Yeah. So when he had an impact there, you know, they had to stretch him off. But at least he got the hat-trick before that. Yeah, he did get the hat-trick before that. And that, that was good for Elche. And the fans were singing Cisse Puede, yes, we can at the end of the game. And hopefully they can. And it was just some really marvelous scenes. Like, um, I think Omar Mascare was crying. And it was, it was beautiful to see. I really wanted to this happen for them because yeah. it's sad when you see a team that's so hopeless without wins and yeah. now finally at least they can say we won in this in this division yeah. Yeah. Well, how many points are they from 19 now to like oh nine well they still have a way to go yeah they still have a way to go <laughs> uh let's move on because 
betters, they had, given the fact that Villarreal lost, they had a chance to really cement themselves as like one of the big favorites for the Champions League spot. But they got outshone by Sultan. I, I feel this was the best game of the season so far. It'll be if we have a better game in La Liga this season, it would take some beating. I think yeah, between this one and um, Girona three five Rosas that are the, the best games. Yeah, yeah. But this one, this one, this one was more closely fought. So I had no twist and turn. So I'll give it to this one. Yeah, it's it's like from the right from the get go. I was watching this game and I had a very good feeling about it because mm-hmm. five minutes into it, there are already chances on both sides. Then Strand Larson, my boy, he scores a brilliant volley. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're thinking, okay, Salta, maybe maybe this is where they do something big and Betis, like with Juanmi, the king, he comes out and he scores. I think he, he scores one and then he gives an assist for the second one. No, he, he doesn't get the assist. He capitalizes on I do's mistake. Yes. Yes, and then Betis take over, and then Gabi Vega just stole the show for the rest of the game. Yeah. What a player. Like he's, I think I believe he's just 20, and he has six goals this season, and no player under 21 has more goals so far. And this guy, first of all, needs a really big boost in his FIFA stats. I don't know what the guys at here are doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I saw he had 67 last night because I was like trying to play with him. Uh, I mean, yeah, that, that 67 is like an increase. I think he was 64 at a point. I'm like, wow. if this guy was at... I mean, I don't like to point fingers, but if <laughs> his nationality was different, <laughs> English, <laughs> you know. <laughs> anyway... Oh yeah, he's such a good talent. Like he scored some, he scored six goals this season. And some of those goals have been amazing. Like, yeah, like the goal he scored today, or I'm sorry, yesterday was quite brilliant. The two yeah. headers take it away from him. The, the assist for it was also very like. Oh. We also saw some very good assists from Carlos Perez. I thought he had his best game for Celta. He didn't shoot. He focused on what he was good at. Gave Miranda a torrid time. Also, look at the Latore has. Being the team recently and provided a good assist. Yeah, that assist was brilliant, and it's just goes to show um, how much Cavallal has changed this team and the way they <laughs> play. Because under um, Chacho, they played more possession-based games, but this Celta feels more direct. Mm-hmm. Like they still go with the ball, but they feel like they're always going to be. They 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 remind me they look like a Bundesliga team more than La Liga team if I'm being honest because they're always mm-hmm. going forward they're always creating chances they're very quick in their transitions and that's something that I've seen about them that I've really liked from how they played yeah and it seems that Celta have made Betis their new team to tournament because Betis have lost their last four games against Vel- um, Celta we have done the last game of the season, but hopefully, you know, it, it won't matter by then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's talk about betters because that's something we haven't seen from them since the previous ATN days about them being so weak defensively. Um, you mentioned Juan Miranda, and it's like the first half of the, of the game, I was like thinking, okay, this guy's doing really well, like better than Ab- Abner. Mm-hmm. He was going forward really well, but then you're right to mention he got a torrid time. He got destroyed by Carlos Perez. Yeah, I mean, he got destroyed, but at the same time, I don't think he was awful. I think Miranda did. We had a an all right game. I don't think he was like terrible, but it was just that Carlos Perez was very, very good <laughs> on yeah. the day. Yeah, yeah. And, and 
what do you think has changed so much with this Betis side that is it just the game accumulation because them conceding four goals in a game is shocking since Pellegrini took over yeah and that this hasn't happened since like the early Pellegrini days where he was still trying to get everything across and and you know some players were error prone but now the problem for me for Betis this season was that they weren't scoring enough goals. So it's kind of funny that the day they scored three goals, they concede four. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely. Wami um, coming back and scoring is a big boost for them, especially now that Panda can't, you know. I think his senses of scoring goals are extinct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I, was, I was listening to a stat, and you know, like his goal against Hitafa was his first goal in like two months, and I'm like, Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. I didn't think about that. I mean, the two months this thing, you have to kind of look at it like this. We had like a month and more of walk up, so yeah, that, that is true. That is yeah, true. take that, take that two months to take green ourselves. Yeah, well, huge one, huge one. I use Perez. Do you think he solves this problem for them? Well, he gives them a different option to um. Borhan, William Jose, in the sense that William Jose and Borhan are more like target men, and Isaac Perez will be, there'll be more dynamism and movement. And if possible, you could see him and one me interchanging. So yeah. I feel like that will like give them a new dimension. Yeah, definitely would. But hopefully they get Abner to score goals because that miss. Oh, that Because when you look at it, right? The, that game club easily ended 4 4 to Betis or even 5 4, like if they had just taken some chances. Yeah, yeah. In the first half, before um, Celtics guessed their second, Betis was on them. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, Betis was, was going to make a 3 1 for half time. And mm-hmm. Gabby Vega does what he does. Yeah. This is how good the game was. And both yeah. teams just had their. Because like, in the second half, up until, up until that penalty, I thought that. Celta were in complete control and were just absolutely dog walking Betis onto Mingeza, you know. <laughs> Mingeza and considering penalties. Oh man, this first game for Celta, you considered yeah, penalty. It was a penalty. I, no, I mean, he's he's had he's having a good season for Celta. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but he's just him considering penalties takes me back to the dark days. It's <laughs> certainly like really blossomed on the Cavallo. For mm-hmm. sure, like he's been yeah. in a different role, more freedom to go forward, more like an auxiliary sort of right back, right center yeah. back sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But with Celta, um, before we get to the bat of this game, I just want to mention something for Celta, where Maxasin is injured for the rest of the season. Juan mm-hmm. Villa stepped in. What do you think about Juan Villa's performance, and how do you think Maxasin is going to affect Celta, given the fact that Diego Alves mm-hmm. might come in for Celta? Yeah. Well. I mean, when you when a goalkeeper consists three goals, you always look at it and like, yeah. But it is that he made obviously some of those goals he couldn't do anything about, and he made some good stops for Celta when Betis were winning two one. So yeah. I don't know. He's Villar has played and had extended runs as a Celta goalkeeper before, because obviously that goalkeeping position is kind of cursed. The only person that has really, you know, beaten that curse is Dituro. And I think they also linked with him too, because Celta can only sign a free goalkeeper, I believe. So yeah, if you ask me, I'd rather have Dituro back than um, Alves. Because Dituro, 
I mean, Alves, I don't know what he has been up to in a long time. And Dutero showed he was at a very good level last year. So yeah. it's been good to bring him back. It will be. Now let's talk about the bad of this game. The Aspas Oscar winning performance. I don't lose Felipe Santos. Yeah, I mean, a bit of a reputa- bad reputation there. And then just, you know, Aspas absolute masterclass at selling big foul. <laughs> Honestly, like, at first I thought, okay, I mean, not everyone would think red card is Luis Felipe, is real Betis, is this season normal. But then when you look at it, I'm like, you have to feel sorry for a guy. And I wonder why VAR didn't, like, take a look at it. Because the Sarah Grande, the referee, had a good game, but I thought the decision wasn't good to send him off. Yeah, and the ending was... At least, if you give me yellow, because I'm still, I'm still yet to see, like, any real violent conduct that was, like, worthy of a red... I think it's the speed at which Luis Felipe. Yeah, the, the speed at which it happens is like. Yeah. yeah. And the, and Aspas was like, God, man, he, he should be on Netflix for that. <laughs> yeah. 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 And the fighting yeah. continued like towards the. It was just chaos. Like, like for something that was like a nice game of football, it descended mm-hmm. into chaos and madness at the end. If that's the Liga for you. And in the midst of that madness, if Edgar connects, it's a 4-4. Exactly. And Edgar, to be fair to him, was robbed of an assist by Abner. Yeah. That, that play to set up Nump was actually very, very good. Yeah, it really was. But let's see, let's see what will happen with these two teams. Next up for Celta, though, is Atletico Madrid and I want to talk about this game, like maybe for a few moments. Your boy Unai, um, uh, Unal, sorry, he mm-hmm. got the penalty, backed off the goal. But besides that, it was a fairly uneventful game. Like Atletico got the one zero, and they they went back in time and they thought that they were back to twenty. <laughs> yeah, they thought they had um, um, Miranda, Godin, Philippe Luis, <laughs> and one from that. But no, they are so. <laughs> oh, no, no, I, I didn't mean it that. Okay, I meant it that. Anyway, Sal scored the game winner the other week and gave them two extra points. And, you know, they've lost two extra points because of the handball. Yeah. Which, at this point, the rule, I mean, I agree it's a penalty under the rule, but then, for me, how I am familiar with the handball rule is intent. I'm like, if there's intent, give the penalty or the foul. But, you know. Yeah, I, I think that's a stone cold penalty because, like, the mm-hmm. way, like, we can talk about penalties, like the one we saw by the lead, and that one, the player's hands are more natural. Mm-hmm. But Sal makes himself bigger. Yeah, he makes himself bigger. And, so. and then you're, you're asking for it at that point, and that yeah. was, like, a silly thing to do. Yeah, it is a penalty, just. For me, if I was making the rules, I'd be more lenient with handball. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, same. You know me. I'm, I'm very lenient with my red card. So, so. Yeah. Yeah. And the other weird thing in this game was Angel Correa. Oh, yes. <laughs> scoring, like, celebration to go on the bench was hilarious. Yeah, because... was when he, when he scored the goal, right? I was like, you know, I think he's going off for that. I'm like, that didn't look like a clear offside to me. Maybe they'll look at this and then the longer they took looking at it, the more you thought, okay, this is going to be Atletico, the Madrid goal, and yeah. Yeah, it, was just a funny, it was just a funny event in the, 
yeah, rather than an uneventful game. No, it was very uneventful, and this just shows you like how much like the fine margins and the offside call because like there's I, I don't know the defender, but like his leg is training, mm-hmm. and that's just yeah. at that moment, that split second, and soccer is mm-hmm. funny that way. Yeah, because yeah. Hatafe were absolutely good in the organization. They were all rushing forward to like prevent to like play whoever athletic player was there offside. Yeah. It's just by trailing foot, which like you see a lot of teams these days, like the tip of the boot, like the tip of the bone of like wow. <laughs> honestly. This yeah. game this this game is very funny now. Yeah, it really is. And you, you spoke about Tafi having a good performance and the one thing about them is that Kike Sanchez Flores has been under severe pressure, he came out against Maximovic saying that he doesn't think players like him align with the values of the club and are fully committed to the club. That's that's strong words for one of your players. Yeah, I mean, happy birthday to Kike Santos first, by the way. <laughs> At least he's not getting sacked yet. But, you know, I mean, when 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 manager is seeing that other player, can tell that the atmosphere at the club is not really that good. And the thing that I is that besides the athletic game earlier this season, they haven't really taken a beating like that. They've just been losing games by the odd goal and like not having the quality to take the few chances they have. Yeah. Now, last week, I think I said I feel that the Atafi could be more adventurous in their play. Yeah, you did. But, but I think they, they got the game plan right today. <laughs> yeah, you was right. Because they stifled Atleti, like Atleti has improved, as you said, and they they had a more attacking lineup, but Hitafe made it very difficult for them to find spaces, which which I felt was the right way to go. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah, they got the point. But I mean obviously against the teams on the top of the table you have to do this, but I'm thinking more against even relegation rivals, they could be more braver. Yeah, they they could. And I think they, they did that against Mallorca when they came at home to Mallorca, when Mallorca came to their stadium. And mm, but that's, that since then, it's been yeah. five in the, and they were losing until yesterday. Yeah, that, that is true. That's true. But like we'll see what happens with them. Athletic Club were also five without a win. But Sunset, the first hat-trick in La Liga, goes to him. <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, about a year since he scored his last hat trick. So, yeah, a hat trick from midfield is pretty, pretty damn good achievement. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's something I like about him, and I want to compare him to Gabby Vega because both of them have that arrival, that Yagata, like the mm-hmm. ability to arrive, like just at the end of the box and to score a goal and or that pace to get to the ball. And I really like that from midfielder, and it's nice mm-hmm. to see. A lot of La Liga midfielders like showing stuff like that, like Bryce Mendes for La Real as well. Yeah, it seems like this is the future of this new younger generation of Spanish stars. So, yeah, uh, more power to them. Yeah, and what do you think about Athletic in this game? Like, because they got back Sunset and Munain playing together, and I think and they scored goals. What a surprise! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, moving forward, they obviously need to include more creative players into the team so that the absence of one or two people doesn't like completely mess them up. But when when those two on the pitch together, magic stuff happens. Yeah, magic. Stuff. Mm, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you, if you want to be more defensive, I don't know why 
And as to Alvedi doesn't see Munyain as a left midfielder because he can definitely do that and just cut inside. And then if you want to play Vesga and Andere or Vesga and Zaraga or Vesga and anyone else, you can also do that. So Yeah, I feel like it might be because Munyain lacks a bit of pace. Uh, yeah, and he does. He's not like that hard working off the ball like Berenger, but still, you still have to find the best system for your best players. Yeah, I'm not sure about that statement with Munain not being hard working off the ball. Like he really does. Uh, not as hard working as Berenger would be. Berenger. Oh, that that is true. That is true. I guess he wouldn't track back as much, and mm-hmm. like there's some balls like uh, I think. And him ball. tracking back is a waste of his own talents. So. Yeah, it, it definitely is. But like all, all in all, it was a very, very good performance from Athletic Club. I feel Cadiz, they were good up until the second goal was scored, and then they just disappeared off the face of the map. Yeah. Um, relegation expert Escalante scored on his debut. <laughs> he scored a lot of goals for Alaves when he came in the oh, January yeah. window, but yeah, if he has a third there. relegation in a row, that will be. <laughs> oh, he, true, he got relegated in April. <laughs> It's like, or Mandela, but if he ever comes back to another team, unfortunately, and it gets ready to the game. God, yeah. But I, I like Brian Ocampo. I feel if Cadiz could go down, he's one player I feel we can play maybe for a Celta, for a Sevilla, or mm-hmm. yeah. for a team like mid level, like to like competing for Champions League spot. Yeah. It was a very good assist for him, and if he keeps producing, he'll definitely be in the Liga one way or another. Yeah, I hope so. And the last thought I had about this game is that it's such a shame that Hosselu is Galician and not Basque. Because if Hosselu is Basque, this athletic team will be a candidate. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you look at it and like, Sunset, while he's been playing midfield, he can also play as a striker. So and maybe he's the answer to Adiri, just a different position. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Shall we move on to the title race? I think, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we are done with all the European guys. You know, or what's left of the title race? Because Mallorca shocked Real Madrid today. Yeah. <laughs> wow, it's the Vinicius versus Raila and Mateo. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, this game was just a spectacle to watch. <laughs> because all of the, like, history, like, from last season, like, Vinicius telling Mateo that Mallorca are going to go down to earlier this season, which Ryo talking about, like, Vinicius' celebration antics and, like, playing around. And then Ryo saying, you know, he, like, he won't want his kids to be like Vinicius. And then Carvajal saying he's like to have some words with Ryo. <laughs> and then today, <laughs> oh, God, like, you have Vinicius pointing to the Padre America fans like giving him stick, and then Ryo shouts the Ryo comes out and Vinicius. And then he's like, What the hell are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> We've not even started talking about the football yet because this other yeah. stuff. And then you have my favorite. I saw this like after the game, my favorite was doing the cry baby gesture. I'm running around with Vinicius. <laughs> I don't know if you saw it. No, no, I didn't. It, it was just like the thing with what Ryo did is that 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 could end up badly for you because you don't do that at fifty four minutes when Robertson can come back. Exactly. Like I was like, you guys are got. It's all fun and games now, but you can come back. Real Madrid can come back, and they did get a golden chance to come back. 
I know the the Palma boy in a sense you said, you know what, I'll let you guys out the look. <laughs> yeah, after the hat trick the game last season, eh? Yeah, after that hat trick that, you know, man he didn't see Mandalorian at this time. He saw a competent goalkeeper in Radkovic. <laughs> yeah. And that's been the key to Mallorca this season is that at the back they have a strong goalkeeper. Up top they have Murici who's like this. <laughs> Like, as Abiyagiri said, like, if you see Marucci coming on the streets, you want to run to the other yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but he's such a competent striker, and um, I, I think Nacho got the own goal, but, like, he also... Yeah, Nacho got the own goal, but, like, Marucci's presence, they obviously contributed a lot. Yeah, and this, this must be Mallorca's, like, fourth consecutive one-nil victory at home. Yeah, they've gone 600 hours without conceding a goal at, at home, so that's... Uh, Miami City last game they considered their home goal. Must be Sevilla. Yeah, it was probably against Sevilla. Yeah, and, and the two games they've lost at home. If I think oh yeah, they've lost three games at home. I think one to Betis, which is two one. Barca one zero, Sevilla one zero. So it's like they might have considered only four goals at home, which is like level like closely competing with Barca in terms of goals considered at home. Barca's one considered one. One, uh, so not that close. Not that, not that close, but like compared to the other teams, like <laughs> yeah, really. Like if you look at it right, Mallorca have a really have at least one very good player in each um part of the team, and overall the team like really functions well. To you know, like just their team like are doing what Atafi struggled to do. Like they can defend and also make clinical. Decisions in attack that Getafe really maybe don't do all the time. Yeah, so is this going to be like a one season wonder sort of thing? The performance that America is having then. Well, it depends on you know how you invest the squad, invest in the squad in the summer, and you know maybe what the owner's vision is. Maybe they want to see the team play more enterprising football. How long have your gearistics for around for? Yeah, but yeah. When he came in, Mallorca were pretty bad. Like they went on some long run of not winning and mm. now you can see them and with twenty eight points, you would have to assume that they can get the forty points or forty four points, whatever is needed. And mm. they're not going to be in any relegation trouble this season. Yeah, it'd be very surprised if they were in any sort of trouble at all at this point. Yeah. So now should we get out the whip for Real Madrid? What went wrong for them? I'm drunk. Well, well, your only shot on target is from a missed penalty. Yeah, a lot definitely went wrong. You know, the injuries are definitely have not helped. Like missing Benzema, missing Militao. Because I think if Militao is at the back instead of Nacho, maybe he doesn't get as bullied or harassed. Perhaps yeah. up front, you know, you have the inconsistencies of. Rodrigo and Asensio, players who are capable of producing magic, but at the same time, they have these long inconsistent streaks in them. <laughs> like with Asensio, I saw this meme where, like, you see a small dog of Asensio in the box, and you see a big dog of Asensio outside the box. <laughs> I love it. Like, it's so true. Like, give this guy a free opportunity to have a shot at you, and you'll pay for it. But yeah. More often than not, he's kind of inconsistent. And then you're looking at the guy to like be the danger man without Benzema and Vinny Jr. And then 
the whole stadium has really wound him up. <laughs> like he's fighting his own battle elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's on the X taps about it. Like whether the fact that like the whole circus about Vinicius has affected his performance, and he seems to think no. But like now that we've seen more evidence of it, do you think it's starting to affect him? Because like he's like you said, he's fighting another battle <laughs> on the pitch. Yeah. Well, to be honest, when you look at it. I guess Russell said that he played really well besides the finishing, but, but one of the, like he was uh, true and he was very focused regardless. Yeah. Well, if you look at it, his away performances haven't been as good as they were last season. Whereas I feel like besides defenders, like you know, stepping up the game, you have like all these little distractions and side shows, like the whole Mafeo team. You no, know, Vinny was like he gave into like his tactics and got to yellow in the first half and was close to talking or diving himself into a second yellow. But you know, in second half, I thought Vinny, Vinny played better and was trying to focus more instead of getting drawn into everything. Yeah, as yeah. as much as he tri- as much as he was humanly able to, <laughs> still all of these distractions definitely can't can't be of any help. No, it, it really can't be. And Nacho made a, a good point that the circus around him is in any help. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not healthy for anyone. Yeah, I feel in all the stadiums it goes to towards the end of the season, they're going to. Yeah, he's 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 made so many of these on boats on bridges, <laughs> and I can just looking. Cut is away is another word. A little hate. Yeah. You know, it's just I mean. I don't know if if it was my if it was my team player that was on the end of all of this. I don't know if I'd react differently or I feel bad for him, but on the whole it's just funny to see. <laughs> my own advice for Vinny would be to not get dragged into his side shows. Okay. Yeah. I know Madrid fans don't want me to mention this player, but he's the perfect example of how you deal with this. Messi. How many times do you see Messi? get fouled and then get involved in like fighting or trying to fight everyone. You barely see it, right? Yeah, you correct, yeah. I mean that's an example. Sometimes you see it with Ronaldo, but not not as much as you see it with Neymar is someone you shouldn't have yeah. it there. Yeah, yeah, but that, that's that's the point I was trying to make. Maybe like it's more I guess the one one thing we have to think about is that and this might be an issue is the skin color. It might be there. And also True, Neymar, that might is, be there. Neymar is Brazilian, and it's like maybe that's just the way Brazilians express themselves. Like some players are super expressive when they get fouled, others are True. not. Like even so, like I'll say Nabil Fekir, although it doesn't go after players. I think actually he really he does. Like no, Fekir is a bad example. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I was just trying to give an example of like players who are very expressive about mm-hmm. oh, how okay. they get fouled, and like players have different characteristics, right? But I feel. For him to get to the top of his game, like he just has to like leave all these guys alone. <laughs> like, yeah, they're, they're not they're not on your stratosphere in terms of talent. Exactly. Like, don't talk to them. Just yeah, like you don't like if you bring yourself to their like if you play their games, they're going to lose because they're not to play that game more than you. No, but do do you see this like drop in form for Real Madrid fixing itself when it gets? All the players back because they started the season super strong, maybe 31 points out of 33. But since then, they've fallen off a cliff. 
I don't know if it can really be fixed with getting all the players. Because they've had most of them back up until recently. And yeah. even when they were at the start of the scene, they didn't have Benzema for spells, but still were playing well. So. But at that point, they also had Tremaine. They had a proper mm-hmm. like set up at the in the defense, mm-hmm. and so and things were clicking. And yeah, another player who hasn't been that good recently has been Fede Valverde because ever since he got on this run where it was on heads and it was like hitting the ball from yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that scoring. Yeah, since since then, not a lot. The shots haven't been anywhere near the goal, or if they have been, they've been saved and then. His overall contribution to the game outside of the shots has dropped. Yeah. And I think I think him getting dropped against Valencia was kind of like a sign that maybe um, Ancelotti is trying to shake things up. Also, I think another thing between Madrid and Ancelotti is more emotive this season. And yeah. I wonder, like, I never, you, like, this is a guy that I think can be trained down or. I just make a comeback and he just raises an eyebrow. And now he's like arguing with referees and everything. So yeah, arguing with his players sometimes. So yeah, and, and I feel comments like the one he made with Gattuso for the Super Cup, the one about inventing a penalty. Like he's, you can tell like something has changed. Yeah. So I feel it's real Madrid. Like they can obviously. Um, get the focus back maybe for the Champions League game against Liverpool or the cup games against us. Yeah. But yeah, they do need to change this run of it, this inconsistent run fast and recovering players from injury will definitely help. It's just I don't think it's the only solution. Yeah, I don't think so either. Well things might be bad for Real Madrid, but over at Catalonia it's a totally different story. Barcelona are absolutely unbeatable at the moment. And at home, it's so difficult to score against them. They've only conceded one goal at home this season, and that came from a penalty. Rafinha, we've criticized him on this podcast. Like this, <laughs> yeah. this, this was his game. Well, well. Well, what? I'm not going to be swept away by goals and assists. I'm familiar with your game, Rafinha. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen, he's been improving. Because he also scored against Betis, but sometimes you still see that lack of confidence. Or, I mean, having important contributions in this game would definitely help his confidence because he was still involved in the first goal, even though he didn't have a direct goal contribution. So I think yeah. the second half today, he was excellent. Yeah. The first half, the not... Gabi was amazing. Yeah, the pass for Gabi was very good. The setup for Kessie, whose pass was also very good, was nice. And then he he showed good instincts for his goal. I thought the second half was definitely a confidence booster for him. And overall, he'll come away from this week where we've lost Dembele to injury, looking pretty good. Yeah, looking very good. And what do you think about the other players who stepped up today? Like Frank Cassier did really well. Yeah, Cassier did really well because losing Busquets is obviously a blow. And Cassier and Busquets are two different players, so. And Kessie coming in as an eight, I thought we really had a good game, showed composure when he had to, you know, defended well when he had to was that pass was also very, very good. Yeah, for Trevor Alba, who also yeah. stepped up. We didn't expect him to start, but he started in the place of Alejandro Valde and he yeah. does first goal of the season, I believe. Yeah, his first goal of the season and then I think his third assist. So yeah, good game all around for 
for a lot. I think this was a very important game for us because we've been grinding out a lot of wins recently. So yeah. we needed like a performance to like maybe scare people again. <laughs> against Betis, I thought we were the game. The scoreline doesn't show how good we were in that yeah, game. Yeah. Too. I, I felt felt Barca were very dominant against Betis. It's just the on goal, you know, <laughs> kind of made us panic a bit, but thankfully we were able to be yeah, yeah. We were able to be clinical today. Yeah. Even without Lewandowski scoring. Yeah, and with Barca, do you think this is like somewhat it? Like La Liga is in Barcelona's pockets and if they lose the league that's we have to question more Barcelona than Real Madrid. If we if we drop it from this point, you definitely have to look at us. But it's not over. There's still many games we play this season. Yeah, there's still many. Injuries can play parts. Like, I mean, the way we played without Busquets has given me some confidence because we'll miss him against Manchester United when they're barely done. So without those two players, you have to kind of change how you approach things. Yeah, I'm going to make a statement and tell me if I'm being deluded here because sometimes I can be deluded. This Barca defense looks to me like the best defense I've seen in La Liga in the past 20 years. <laughs> and I'll, I'll Wait, I know, no, no, I'm not laughing. I'm just laughing at how funny it is giving yeah. the Barcelona defenses I've had to see recently. Because <laughs> yeah, if you look at the even the personnel, right? Koundé, I, I thought was the best defender in La Liga while it was a Sevilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rahu is like a rock in defense. Christensen is... Chris, Christensen is like... Uh, uh, honestly, Christensen has rocked my world. Yeah, <laughs> this but, guy... Yeah. This guy needs to write a book on how to defend. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, how, what have you been doing at Chelsea all these years? <laughs> I, honestly, if you, I feel if you slap a price on this guy, given the stupid prices I say around, 80 is fair for this guy. No, yeah. what? Well, screw it. Maguire is it, hundred and two. Yeah, I don't know. Why I said and two, but you get the point, guys. Yeah, maybe Barca can sell him back to Chelsea, and that'll be the lever. Maybe that'll be the lever. Yeah, um, yeah. If you look at it individually, the defenders are really good and have made good performances this season. Even Baldi, right? We talked about his attacking, but when he, when asked to defend, he's done a really good job. And then the, some of the other fringe players in defense have come in and like, it's just hard to believe we've only considered seven goals when we've had Alonso at center back at times and he's not a center back. Yeah, it's crazy. There's something about the system that Xavi's getting right because the defensive transitions are really, really strong. I know today they didn't play against the team that really wanted yeah. to attack and get on to Sevilla yeah. to give them the width as well. But, um, uh, yeah, it just shows how like mm-hmm. things have changed. Because you look exactly. at Barca in the past, like you when they had like Puyol and Mascherano center to him wasn't a center back. Mm-hmm. And PK is a, he's a good well, he's a good defender. He's always prone to one error here or there. Mm-hmm. And now it's like they have like defenders who love defending. Yeah, love defending. And I'm like more I ain't more more like artists uh, stuff. But yeah, regarding the defensive transitions, I think there's a clip of our game against Betis where there's a Betis have a 4v2 against us and then you see everyone racing back. I'm like, this is Atletico Madrid level commitment. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll say the good thing with this Barca defense is like, before, one thing that they didn't really have in the center back area was the pace. Because like, mm-hmm. PK, PK is okay, but he's not really a super quick defender. 
But mm. you're running up against Abraho. Like, <laughs> unless you were someone like Inyaki Williams or you're Vinicius. Like, even then. Even then, yeah. He's such a good defender that, like, he has that pace, he has that mm-hmm. recovery, and it's the only thing that can stop that farce at the moment is injury to Abraho and Kunde again. <laughs> <laughs> Living field <laughs> injury. To... Well, at least in the league, yeah, we've dealt with that somehow. So you know, I'm somewhat confident that if we have to, Eric Garcia will do a good job. If the opponent is not super fast, <laughs> sure. I mean, I guess Jorena thought he played well, sure, and sure. he's had some good games this season. It's just that when the opponents are of a certain caliber, <laughs> like when but he, he's still young. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, when Christensen writes that book about defending, Eric Garcia is the first person to read it. Because <laughs> yeah. when you look at it, Eric Garcia is good at reading the ball, reading the game, and like making interceptions. He's absolutely worthless when it comes to defending one v one situations, which yeah. he needs to learn from Christensen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very good. But- Let's talk, about, let's talk about the other side of this game, Sevilla, because I don't think they showed up. But I didn't see that Sevilla. That, that lineup. I'm, I'm when I saw that lineup, I cried because <laughs> I felt I was about to lose at least one eye today from Sao Paulo's horrible <laughs> four defensive, sorry, five defensive midfielders. <laughs> yeah, Rakitic was like the main. Rakitic was a striker in the second half. <laughs> Honestly, like, I, I get the idea of keeping it tight and then unleashing your attacking players in the second half. But those, those no players for counterattacks. That's that's the issue, right? Yeah, that's the issue. Like, you look at the time, like, the only person that's probably quick enough to trouble us in the attacking lineup is Anya Syria. And anytime he caught the ball, if he was even up the pitch, he's up against three people and we easily recycle it. So, yeah. Like, I would have preferred it if Sevilla went for a 3 4 3, where it's like they had Hill, NSC, mm-hmm. and uh, Ocampos, with supported by Montiel and Acuna. I exactly. think they have like as many DMs as you want in that area, and they just like crossing balls. Because when Hill came on, I thought he looked very good, like he was like making chances. But I guess what Sampali would tell us if it was here, and I'm speaking for him, is that you know what, this is not our league, unfortunately, this season. So we're just trying to not lose big and keep confidence. Well, they lost big. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like if you look at their bench, they had. I think for I was even keeping losing track of the amount of attacking players they could potentially brought on. You had Brian Hill, Ocampos, Susu. I forgot about Lamella, yeah. and then Rafa. Thank God he didn't come on. I would have absolutely <laughs> lost that identity. But, you know, you have these many options. I'm like, okay, so assuming you bring all five of them on, you're going to have an, a very unbalanced team by the end of yeah. this game. And do you see that thing with Juan Verdan? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's another thing. I'm like, <laughs> the guy, I, I, did you write the map to um, Marco Polo's treasure or that thing? Because... When Hotel was carrying that paper around for like five good minutes. Yeah. 
Because it seems like they were changing to like a four-two-three-one. Yeah, I, I get it. That. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I looked at it. I'm like, I was thinking, I was thinking myself. I'm like, okay, if Acuna is coming off for Ocampos, it means Reke could go to left back. It becomes a back five. Like that should be simple enough, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, or do you want to keep Rakitic as a first, as a nine again? <laughs> It's like with the Serie squad, it's they just need. I know, I know they had some reinforcements in the winter, but if they do stay up, they need like Monchi needs to go like full Super Saiyan again this summer because this team is not balanced. It's too old. It's too slow. It's it doesn't look like a top team to me. I don't think Monchi is capable of going Super Saiyan anymore. <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I mean, I wish I knew Dragon Ball more, but I can't make a proper Dragon Ball reference, so I don't <laughs> offend anyone. So let's move on. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. So we are in the relegation zone. Another team that's in relegation. Are they? Zone. Back yeah. there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. In the relegation uh, race. Fight. Okay. Fight. Yeah. Another team in relegation fight is by the lead, and they had a strong start. Um, strong. They have, they've, they've not been a strong start since Kyle Laring came on, and Kyle Laring, like he's a big superstar because he comes on. In the game against Valencia, he scores a goal. In this game mm-hmm. against Real Sociedad, he scores a goal. And within 30 minutes, he's by the lead second top scorer. And he has won six points for them. Then, yeah. He's having an mm-hmm. impact that Aubameyang had when he came last time. Yeah, kind of similar. And those six points will really go a long way for Valencia to stay up. And it's also their second... Um, and it's also their six points against Russell this season. Oh, wow. That's, that's, that's impressive. Because Russell said they were on that big, unbeaten run. And mm-hmm. by the league, just ended it. And I'll say the good thing from Lauren's point of view is that like he's he's super big. He's strong. He's like fast. Like the typical, stereotypical things you say about that face. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but it's true. It's true in this case. And he was able to like be good in the air to win the ball. He, mm-hmm. he had good order plays and he was able to like get in behind defenders really well in this game and that's what changed the game. And I feel by the lead they really defended really well. And they cut off a lot of the passing range. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Rosa Sedat's injuries, which they bravely fought through, finally caught up with them today. Thanks. Yeah. And they go they go away next to Espanol. Do you think you'll catch up with them there as well? <laughs> It depends on who they can bring back, but Espanyol being who they are this season, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, let's move on to Girona because they were in action against Valencia. And uh, watching this, I was this was a horror show for me because Girona, it's a 1 0 game, and that might seem like, oh, Girona maybe squeaked it, but they had 18 shots in Valencia's box. They've let Valencia off the hook so many times. And from a Valencia point of view, you know we talked about Villarreal being the first team to give Elche a win. <laughs> I feel like being the first team to allow Girona keep a clean sheet oh, is unforgivable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is, especially when you see the chance that Musa had when it's one-on-one. or the one Yeah, it's, it's, those, it's those little things I'm like, I can't really, it's not, not to blame Musa or anything. It's just like this Valencia team is a very young team. Yeah. You're not going to get consistent performances or end product from a lot of those players besides maybe Cavani. So yeah. it's like, how can you really do that in a relegation fight all of a sudden? 
Yeah, and the thing is, like, thank God Valencia mamar really, because if he didn't, like, they might already be in the relegation zone, because he made save after save in this game. Um, and the thing that annoys me from a Valencia perspective is that whenever Valencia have chances when it's 0-0, like they did against Valladolid and they did in this game, they don't take advantage of it. And if your team fights in relegation, you need to take as be as effective as possible because you might not be the best team on the night, but if you can score that goal and just like lock yourself in and get a point or get all three points, that's what's going to save you. But all, all credit to Girona, they look very brilliant. They don't look like a team that's going to struggle to survive because they have really good defenders and they ripped apart Valencia, to be honest. Yeah, and they've made... And they're one team that has really gotten stronger from the transfer window. So, more parts then. Yeah, I'll say them and Vidaly, because Vidaly, they brought in... Um, Matches and Honga too. Yeah, they, like both teams have made really, really good signings. And it's just a sign of when your owners really care for the club, mm-hmm. they're more likely to do that. <laughs> and in Valencia's case, he doesn't want to pay the $6 million to get another coach. Yeah, but that's... Honestly, that's something that I'm puzzled about because if Valencia gets relegated, they're going to lose at least twenty million in terms of TV money for the mm-hmm. first year, and for the second year, maybe if Valencia stay in Segunda, it could be they lose sixty or fifty million from TV money. So, are you going to risk losing forty and fifty million back to back for six million in one year? Think it through. That's not even considering the factors we've said before that whatever coach is coming in, I heard Nuno Espirito Santo has to work with this. Yeah. I mean, the squad is not a bad squad. No, but... Like it's not like it started the season really well. Like they were flying in the beginning of the season, but it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's really collapsed. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's worrying because they're one point ahead of the relegation zone. And as you mentioned, we, we can see Atape improving. Cadence, I'm not sure about, but like you look at what Vida League is doing, you look at what Girona has done, Celta improving. It, it looks like it's going to be a really tough battle. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like, what was I going to say? It's like Valencia coming to a gunfight with knives, essentially, because <laughs> you yeah, have to consider the injuries they're getting now. Yeah, and the thing is that when Thierry Correa is not playing, it's a much weaker team. And then Gabriel Polista did <laughs> what he did to Vinicius. <laughs> so, yeah, he was out for two games. Surprisingly, too. I thought it was going to get at least four. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he fully connected with Vinny, it would have been at least four. Yeah. But thankfully, he didn't. Yeah. Let's move on to Espanyol and speaking about feisty, did you see the big fight between um, Abde and Pierre Gabriel? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think it's worth getting sending two of them over, sending two of them off over. Like, honestly, these referees need to emotionally manage games better. Yeah, they really need to. And, um, but with, with this game, I feel Espanyol, they really played well with Alcacelu. They created more of a chances. Mm-hmm. Um, Osasuna, it's almost like they've forgotten about the league. They're, their heads, their dreams are in the cup. Yeah. It was a game that Espanyol, yeah. As they tried, they, they, 
They couldn't have done any worse than what they did against Almeria. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> no. I, you know, Lord Bradford scoring a goal and stepping up in the absence of us. Yeah. But, yeah, just the point isn't really too much in this relegation dogfight. No. Teams are winning all three points and are still 19th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And the, I guess the sad news for Espanol is that they did lose Montes to an injury, so there are plenty of that's not a uh, that is a that is a big blow. Now Cabrera has no one to hold his hand anymore. <laughs> yeah, he has to play with Sergio Gomez, which is a recipe for disaster. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, with that, let's look at the table and let's see how things are. Barcelona are pretty at the top of the table, but uh, Real Madrid are eight points behind them. Real Sociedad, six points behind Real Madrid. There's a big gap between, or a small gap between Atletico Madrid and Osasuna. And if Rio wins tomorrow, they could be three points off Atleti. That'll be interesting. They'll be fifth. Yeah, they'll be fifth. Three points yeah. off. That'll be very interesting. But seeing how the table has gone, where it's like yeah. no one from the, only Barcelona from the top seven won this week. Mm-hmm. It looks like if you're a betting man, I'll advise you to bet with Almeria because maybe he'll do something. But Almeria are away from home, right? Yeah, they're away from home. Okay, so um, Raya win. So Raya win, okay. okay I'll, I'll go to Almeria to do something and we'll see who's right in the next podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but as you can see, the Valencia just one point ahead of the relegation. Oh, down 17th. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's sad. Like, look at this. Like, you have Valencia 17th. Sevilla 16. <laughs> in the past, there would have been Valencia 5th, Sevilla 6th, or Sevilla 4th, Valencia 5th, but our time yeah. changed. These are trying times. Yeah, and even so. And the, at least with, even with Sevilla, they have improved a bit. Losing to Barcelona is not a shame. Yeah. So, but Valencia are just sinking like a stone now. Yeah, they, they need one. They need some something lucky. Like, and the thing is, well, who's their next opponent? Ah, that's what I was going to say. It's Athletic Club, so it doesn't get any better for Valencia. <laughs> it doesn't get any easier. And, and given how Atafi played it in Metropolitan, I think that might be a tough game too. So. Yeah. Atafi Valencia, the modern day classical. I know, man. Relegation classical. <laughs> four, four years ago, it was like classical to get into Europe. Now it's classical to avoid the <laughs> and you know what on that like tough note guys i'm going to end this if you'd enjoyed our podcast please give us a like a follow a share and thanks for listening up until this point oscar Mm -hmm. wonderful conversation as usual yeah thank you yeah and adios guys